Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. My name is Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. This podcast will be about my story and my words, talking about my own personal experiences and self-healing. I do not claim to be a therapist, counselor, or licensed psychologist. Hello, my name is Amanda Bedard, and I'm the co-host, producer, and editor of Invisible Tears. I'm a Reiki master, certified professional life coach, spiritual coach, wellness coach, and a counseling practitioner. Some of the content you will hear in this podcast may be disturbing to some. Viewer discretion is advised, but it is our hope by putting this information out there that we may help others to heal. We will always be a platform for truth and healing. This is Invisible Tears. On this episode of Invisible Tears, Jane talks about Jessica's birth with details she's never shared publicly. Welcome to Invisible Tears. I'm Jane Borowski, and this is my story. Going home was probably the scariest thing I had to do after my attack. No more police protection. I was never alone. Someone was with me all the time. It was like I had a full-time babysitter. Here I am, becoming a mom in two months. But yet, I can't be alone. Again, I can't protect myself. How am I going to protect my baby? I was so angry that this happened to me. He took so much away from me. Going into my eighth month of pregnancy, I should be planning for the birth of my first child. I should be shopping for things I'll need. I should be setting up a nursery. But instead, I'm still being interviewed by the detectives. I'm trying so hard not to be alone. And yet, I'm just in complete fear for 24 hours a day. Shortly after I was home, the nightmare started. Waking up sweating, breathing heavy, crying, feeling so alone. Dennis was there with me the whole time. 
He even had to wake me from a few of my nightmares. Insomnia eventually kicked in. This lasted a few months, then go away, then come back again. I hated it. But I just came to a point that if I didn't sleep, the nightmares would go away. My mind was so messed up. The morning of October 12th, I go into labor. I was not ready. My due date was October 22nd. No bag packed. No clothes packed for her. But something was wrong. I felt it. But didn't know for sure. This being my first pregnancy. I woke Dennis. We left for the hospital. When we arrived, they took me right into the labor room. Put her on a monitor and my concerns were verified. Something is wrong. They rushed me in for an emergency C-section. I woke up in my regular room, not seeing my baby, but seeing lots of people crying, lots of sad faces. Dennis couldn't even look at me. Why, I'm thinking, where's my baby? Then a doctor walked in and said I delivered an eight-pound, eight-ounce baby girl. I'm thinking, wait, you're missing a word. Where's healthy? Why didn't you say healthy? I immediately said, when can I see her? They said they were still working on her. What's that mean? I'm thinking, what does that mean? I'm thinking, why? He assured me he will be back in momentarily with more info. Another doctor came in, told us my baby is very sick, and they were rushing her to Dartmouth-Hitchcock Hospital in Lebanon, New Hampshire to one of the best NICU units in the country. And he didn't know if she would survive or not. It didn't look good. My heart was instantly broken. I was like, no way this could be happening. Why am I going through this again? Why is my baby going through this again? Looking around the room, looking at all the tears being wiped away with tissue and the sad faces. I then said to everyone, she will be fine. Look where she has survived already. She is strong. She will be okay. I think I was just trying so hard to convince myself of that. There I was again, being the strong one for everyone, hiding all my tears and fears. Everyone is crying and here I am trying to be strong, but feeling so defeated and crushed inside. I said to the doctor I wanted to see her before she goes. 
first, I was told I couldn't, but I demanded. This may be the last time I see her alive. They wheeled her in the room. She was so frail. Tubes going in and out of her, lying in this incubator, not covered with a blanket. I just wanted to cover her with a blanket. I wanted to hold her. I wanted to touch her. But I couldn't. They had her on a ventilator so she could breathe. I only saw her for maybe 30 seconds. And they whisked her away. I felt like I was dying inside. Please, please don't let this be the last time I see her alive. Please, healer. Please, baby girl, survive. I was given a phone number to call to see how she was doing that night. I talked to a nurse, a very nice nurse. She explained to me what happened and what her condition was. My placenta had separated and squeezed a bowel out of her and she then swallowed it and it turned to tar on her lungs. She was born a blue baby, no blood pressure. The next day, I wanted to be transported to the hospital that she was at. Because I had an emergency C-section, I was going to be in the hospital for at least five days. So they agreed. They transported me. When I got to the hospital, they brought a wheelchair into my room and immediately brought me to the NICU unit to see her. She was lying on this table with light shining down on her. She had tubes and wires everywhere. The incubator was breathing for her. I saw all these monitors with all these numbers. She was born with a head full of hair, dark hair. And they had to shave both sides of her head. One side was for a monitor. And the other side was for an IV. Because they had no more veins that they could stick her with. I was able to rub her hand. I just stared at her. I was in disbelief that this was happening to my baby. I wasn't able to hold her. I wanted to so much. She was sleeping. They told me that she was stable. That was a good sign. But in my mind, I was so sad for her. I think I apologized a million times. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. And now back to our episode. I apologized for stopping to get that soda that night. Had I not stopped to get that soda that night, would she be lying here like this? Is she paying the consequences for my bad decision? For my bad choices? Over the next few days, she was actually starting to improve. 
they were cutting oxygen down lower and lower. And after a week and a half, they said they felt comfortable now removing her off the ventilator. They told me that as soon as they took the ventilator out of her, I would be able to hold her. I would be able to hold her for the first time. That was probably the happiest day of my life. I went down to the NICU unit that day when they told me they were going to remove it. They had me sit on a rocking chair. And as soon as they removed it, they handed her to me. Here I was. I was holding my baby for the first time. And she was alive. I think that was the first time I felt like her mom. I vowed to her I would always protect her. I would never let anything happen to her. I was so proud of how strong she was. I was amazed by her will to survive. At that moment, I knew we were both survivors. Eventually, I was able to feed her with a baby bottle for the first time. The little things that you remember about the first time doing things with your baby is just sketched in your head. You never forget it. She was two weeks old before I was able to feed her for the first time. Again, I finally felt like a mom. After three weeks, she was finally able to come home, and they discharged both me and her. I was scared. Was I going to be able to protect her? But I also was so thankful to be able to take her home. And I was so grateful to be her mom. When Jessica was about seven years old, she was diagnosed with a mild case of cerebral palsy. She had learning disabilities. She has difficulty with speech. Fine motor skills. She has difficulty with that. And she has difficulty with um, some learning disabilities. But they're challenges. And she has been so amazing with challenges. She never gives up. Today, she's 32. She's a mom. She blessed me with the most beautiful granddaughter, Cheyenne. She had the perfect pregnancy and the perfect delivery. And I was so blessed to be able to be a part of that and witness it. I was able to experience a pregnancy and a delivery I missed out on. How lucky am I? I was there when she delivered Cheyenne. 
when she held Cheyenne for the first time, like seconds after she had her. I wasn't able to experience it. I wasn't able to experience that with her. But my heart was so full of joy that Jessica was able to experience that with Cheyenne. Jessica's my best friend. Not only my daughter, but my best friend. She's always been my biggest fan. She encourages me to be a better person and a better mom every day. She encourages me to reach for my dreams and never underestimate myself. She's always been there for my lowest lows, my highest highs. She's been my biggest support system with my addiction. Jessica is an amazing woman today. I don't know of anybody that is so caring as she is, so loving as she is. She's an amazing mom. And she is one of the strongest people I know. Life hasn't been easy for her. Especially school was not easy for her. But she never let it change who she was. The bullying in school. The lack of friends. The struggles she had in school. She never let that change who she is. And for that, I'm so proud of her. I look up to her, and every day I want to be the person she is. I strive for that. She's the most compassionate person I ever met. When you're sad, she's sad right there with you. When you're happy, she is happy for you. She is the most forgiving person I know. I'm so proud to call her my daughter and my best friend. I love her as much today as I did the day I had her. Probably even more. Jessica has so much to offer. If you're Jessica's friend, she is the most loyal friend you could ever have. Jessica will be on another episode to share her struggles, her triumphs, and to share her story. And she will be speaking for the very first time. She's kind of self-conscious about it, but I told her she'll be great. She wants to tell her story in hopes to help others. She is one of the ones that encouraged me to do this podcast. She is the one that encouraged me to start this podcast. She wanted me to get my story out there. She saw all my ups and downs. 
She saw how much I struggled through life. She knew how much pain I was in before I received counseling. And she has been with me throughout my whole healing process, encouraging me, rooting me on, praising me. That has meant so much to me. She wanted me to do this podcast to share with people my healing so maybe I could help somebody else. She has always felt my healing was amazing. It was inspiring. She said, Mom, you will be such an inspiration to so many people. I believe that. I hope that. I want to be able to help others. I didn't have a huge support system. I didn't need a huge support system. I had my daughter. She was my support system. Every day I'm thankful for her. I hope everybody stays happy and healthy. This is Invisible Tears. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Invisible Tears. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to hear all future episodes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We also have a website, invisible-tears.com, where you can keep current with any events that may be happening with our podcast, read more about Jane and the team, and read more about all the Connecticut River Valley unsolved cases. If you are looking for everyday items, clothes, collectibles, or a gift for that special someone, you can support us further by checking out our retail store, The Frugal Marketplace. We can be found at thefrugalmarketplace.com or search for us on eBay and Poshmark. We hold an online claim sale on Facebook Live every Monday night at 7 p.m. where you can find our latest items for sales or items at a deep discount. If you're local to the area, please stop in and say hi. You can find us at 919 West Swansea Road in Swansea, New Hampshire. The links for our products can be found in our show notes. If you want to learn more about my wellness practice, Guided Path Wellness, head to guidedpathwellness.org. There you can read more about me and my certifications, more about the Reiki and coaching services I offer both in person and remote, and read all about my products for sale that I make through the practice. Feel free to utilize the contact us section on the website with any questions or utilize that free 15-minute consultation booking button if you have any questions about what might work for you. Evil may exist in this world, but we will not let it win. See you next episode.